Hello and welcome back to Life-Giving Habits from Seven Vineyard, where we are looking at things Jesus did and asking if we did them too, can we become more like Jesus? And so, can they become life-giving habits for us? Today, Mal Caladine looks at prayer in a talk from November 2015, nine days after a series of terrorist attacks hit Paris and shocked the world. In turbulent times, it's easy to think about how things are going, even who we are, in terms of what's happening around us and what we're doing about it. But Mal draws back here to ask how our connections are working, and especially our connections with God. Now, if you're thinking all this is going to be about quiet times, <laughs> Mal has a surprising take on those, as well as lots more practical ways to explore, and deepen and strengthen a habit of prayer. And a reminder here of why making habits makes a difference. Can we put a habit into our lives? It's supposed to take at least three months to establish a habit. You know, the idea, uh, and we're going off of this idea of sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a lifestyle, sow a lifestyle, reap a destiny. <laughs> anyway, that's why we're doing it. That's why we're doing it. Can we go on? So we're coming on to the next one. And the next one, it's felt like they've really fitted with what's been going on in the journey of the church over this last year. And obviously, this has been, uh, has been the major focus of, um, of our world over this last, what, nine days. And there was a, um, a tweet that I read that said, more than 70 million images of solidarity were posted on Instagram within a day of Paris happening. More than 70 million images of solidarity. And I want to suggest to you those images, those images, those posts, those things that were being uploaded were people trying to make connection, making connections to what's going on in Paris. And we've seen so many other examples of that from... Uh, you know, from what happened at the football last Tuesday night to some of even the, I thought, have I got news for you, dealt with it really well, even taking the rip out of those who've made, made a connection, made solidarity to what's going on in Paris. But praying for Paris has been a big deal, and it's made us think about prayer, hasn't it? I know it has me. Um, it's, it's not about our prayers what we pray, it's, it's that we pray. It's not just having a prayers, prayer life, it's about being able to pray. So today, we're looking at the idea of prayer. The habit of, being, of developing a habit of your connection with God. What does it mean to invest in your connection with your Heavenly Father? And this is a unique um, habit. Because all of you, we all have unique connections with God. Every person in this room that I'm going to come on to a quote of in a minute, just to explain a bit. Can we just go to the next slide? This is where I think prayer is a bit different from some, where some of the other habits that we've done. Um, this guy, Neil Cole, in that book, he talks about the idea of heart motivations. And on it, he... Uh, 
talks about that in our life, we have four different arenas of heart motivations. Uh, external and internal paradigm, and then spiritual to normal. So actually what we're motivated by in our hearts. And he, he puts forward the idea in that book that uh, external, for instance, an external and natural heart motivation is your salary. How much you paid is a, is a normal thing to, is to be. That actually motivates me to bother to go into work, the fact that I'm paid. An internal, natural uh, heart motivation would be the sense of success. Am I achieving? Am I, what do people perceive of me? Um, how am I doing? Yeah? Spiritual external things are what other people see you doing. Actually, what people see you doing, whether that's you know, any of the different activities that we do as church, and we can end up, some of those heart motivations can end up being guilt as well as encouragement. They're not always the best reasons. But what this guy in that book suggests is it's only really, if we're really trying to help one another be followers of Jesus, it's only when we ask the questions that are spiritual and internal. Can you go to the next? It's that area. And I'm aware that I can have conversations with people all week and never cover that area. Do you know what I mean? I can say, how are you doing? How's your family doing? How are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about your career? How are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about that? Oh, all these things we're doing at church at the moment. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's good. That's good. But do I actually get to say, how are you doing with God? How's your connection with God? How's your life with Jesus? How's your connection How's your connection going? And he suggests that we're not, we don't really get into real helping one another be followers until we ask spiritual internal questions. That really challenges me because I know that I can spend my time meeting with people and avoiding it. Do you hear what I mean? So that's why this is a big one, because prayer, of the seven that we've done so far, only one of them, I would suggest to you, has been spiritual and internal mainly. Celebration, um, actually reflection can be, but um, celebration is mainly external. Thanksgiving, yes, yeah, your heart attitude, but it normally flows out and others get to see it. Yeah, Secrecy is the one that we've done that was spiritual and internal. And now we come to prayer. Now we come to prayer. And my goal of today is that you get excited and your mind is blown as to what prayer could be. Because I think we limit the understanding of prayer to what we understand our connection of God to be. It's what we do in church rather than it's what we do at the fullness of who you created to be to be in relationship with your Heavenly Father. The fullness of who you've been created to be. Isn't that amazing? It's the fullness. And I think we think, well, I, I remember reading about a guy who had a church and everybody in his church, he wrote prayers and everybody in his church who was on his staff team had to write their prayers down in, this, in, the, in a journal and then show their boss their prayers. I thought, whoa, I'd hate that. And then 
And then all this stuff about, you know, you should have a quiet time. I'm not very good at quiet times. I do loud times, even early in the morning, yeah? There's things about what we understand of um, the places of prayer and the personality of prayer that is actually, we limit it so much. Rather than the places of prayer is who you are and where you go. And when you climb a mountain or when you're on a golf course or when you're at air hop, you are praising God and in relation and connection with him. Yeah? And uh, your personality, we need to be able to bless the different personalities in this room to connect with God in the reality and the truth of who you are and who you've been made to be. And if you love getting time on your own, then meet with God on your own. And if, you, and if you're only motivated to pray, if you need to be in a room with other people to do it, get in a room with other people to do it. I'm one of those. I really love that as a staff we pray on a Monday morning. It really helps me bother to get there. Yeah, I pray more because of it. Anyway, does that feel a bit releasing? Good. All right. I want to really blow your mind as to when you get to the resources, there are like 31 different ways to pray for every day of uh, next month if you want to. From praying quietly to walking the streets to doing mad things to doing very quiet things to um, the only one I think we don't include that I think is biblical is praying naked. But apart from that, they're all there as exciting different ways of doing it. Anyway, keep going before I jump off on that and I really shouldn't. So uh, quickly, turn to the person next to you and just very quickly, heroes, do you have anybody that you go, the way that they pray, who they are, the way they do it, I think I really like. Who are your heroes? Do you have any? Maybe turn to the person next to you and just say, here's my hero broadly in life and here's my hero of how I think they connect to God. That person of the way they connect to God, I aspire to that. Tell the person next to you, have a quick hello. And who are your heroes? What do you think? Okay. Hold the thought of who they are, what they've done. Let me tell you quickly about mine. This is my journey of who my heroes are. Can I quickly tell you? These are the first ones. Um, When I think about prayer, the number one thing I think about is 24-7 prayer. And I'm really grateful for 24-7 prayer because prayer can sound boring, but 24-7 prayer in my journey made it cool. Being a prayer room that you could go into, the 24-7 prayer thing is to do a prayer room that people could go into and have a wailing wall and you could write down all the things that you're praying for and a shower of God's blessing made out of of a shower and you could stand under the shower and receive bits of tape on you or um, honey and honey and breadsticks and like honey on my lips is your name, oh God. And and you'd think on the name of God and dip the uh, dip the bread stick in the honey and then smear it all over your face because Lord I want all of it I want it all I love that creativity I love those kind of ideas and I dream that we do this more I dream that we do more pop-up prayer rooms in the universities I dream that we can help people connect with God and I think these guys really help us and it's not only that because Pete is an amazing um is amazingly creative, brilliant guy. But his wife, Sammy, when they were most seeing this move of God start, when they just started a prayer room, got a brain tumour. 
And she became really, really, really ill. And they regularly, for, for a number of years, thought she was going to die. And it was, it was just at a point it was very hard to operate on. And she was knowing amazing suffering and difficulty and hardship as they had two young children. And he wrote a book called God on Mute that was fantastic whilst he was seeing a prayer movement of people coming to faith. And he, um, when we first did a prayer room, we went down to the, to the pub one night, and with the guy that we were in the pub with, we said, do you want to come and see a room where God is? And we took him to the prayer room uh, out after the pub. And he experienced the presence of God in there and fell on his face as he walked over the threshold of that place. He made connection with God. 24-7 prayer helps us be creative. And there's something about being creative. This is the other thing of this week that's been a big deal for me. I just thought he was worth mentioning. People who've shared their lives as being absolutely normal but including God. And this man died this week, Jonah Lomu. But look at that quote of his, tweeted on but retweeted by Pete Gregg. My heart is an open book before God. I talk to the Lord often. Whatever else you heard about Jonah Lomu this week, you need to know that he was a man of God. And he walked in connection with God. And that every person who spoke of him spoke of his gentleness and the presence of God with him when they met with him. Because I think he was a man of prayer. I'm not sure Jeremy Guscott and Mike Cat feel that, but a lot of guys who've been really impacted by him do. Let's keep going. This lady I met when I hadn't been a Christian very long. Her name is Sister Winsome. And we used to go, Sister Winsome, whoa, whoa, Sister Winsome. You don't know that song then. Uh, it's Mr. Wendell. Uh, Sister Winsome is an amazing lady. She was a top broker in the city. And um, she, uh, she was a Baptist, and she felt like the Lord called her to become an Anglican nun. And she went to her vicar, uh, her Baptist minister, and said, I think God's calling you to become a Baptist nun, uh, to become a nun. And he went, yes, yeah, so do we. We will encourage you in it. And, uh, and so she became a nun. And she, uh, she's the most, she really is, she is the living embodiment of, um, what's the lady and sister act? What's it? Whoopi Goldberg. She is the living incarnate, word made flesh, Whoopi Goldberg. She, sp she speaks in tongues and she's godly, but she prays five hours a day. And when you meet somebody who's, who's in God's presence five hours a day, you go, whoa. And who's learned the different disciplines of what it is to connect with God. And now she's mother winsome, so the song doesn't work quite as well, but um, she's quite a person. Uh, two more. This man is an amazing man, Luigi Gioia. He's a Catholic monk, Benedictine monk. Again, a man who spends hours in, um, in God's presence. But what he most taught me about was asking about his prayer life. And he, 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 he runs a, a leadership academy, mainly for Swiss uh, 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 big companies. Um, and yet he's a Benedictine monk as well. He's extraordinary. And uh, the main thing I learned about him was he said, I always start my prayers every morning telling God where I'm angry. 
And I spent a long time telling God where I'm angry. And I think it's the number one thing that we deal with in our world, that we get angry. And that we get angry at God often. We get angry at our situation and what's not working and what's difficult. But in our connection, we can blame God. And what he taught me was, was to actually put my hand in God's hand and my arm around my heavenly father and to go to him. Lord, what do you think about that? Isn't that annoying? And what about that? And I'm embarrassed by that. And I wish that was working and it's not. And they're winding me up and this is getting to me. And he says that most, he thinks that most of the Psalms work this way. That the Psalms actually work, that it's a pouring out of the frustration and anger, not at God, but holding his hand and bringing it before God. And I think that's an amazing way to pray. And if we actually started to learn to do that, we deal with most of the hassles that I think we carry around with us and the things that we carry that are just crud. And here's my, uh, this is something he said this week. There was no other way to deal with this tragedy, it seemed, than through prayer. I love that he turned the 70 million things that people were recognizing to say, yeah, it's made us prayer. pray. Final hero. My last hero. Uh, that older lady and um, man, who are my in-laws. And, and that's my daughter in the middle, um, but who's in America at the moment. But I know that they've prayed for me uh, every day since I've met them, which is about 20, 25, 26 years. And John even built a little thing in his, on their bed so that in the mornings they would sit in bed together and just do a... And uh, as a couple, they learned to pray as a couple. And John only really came to faith after he'd retired. But the two of them would just sit in bed and pray. And just pray for all of their kids. And pray for all that uh, God's doing. And just to read the Bible with a short note together. And then just pray for all that they've done. And this is, what, this is, the, this is the result of their prayer. And why I think they're heroes. That's what they've prayed for. That's all of his family. And all of their grandkids. And I loved being at the wedding of um, the guy in the middle with the hat. And uh, he said, I want to thank you, mum and dad, for giving me a model of how to live. And I thought, I wanted to stand up in the wedding at that moment and go, that is a life well lived. Can anybody just see that that is a life well lived? If your kids actually get up at, your, at their wedding and say, I want to thank you, mum and dad, for the model that you've given me of how to live my life, then you've done something right. And the number one thing I think they've modeled to me is that every morning, together, when everybody else was still in bed, they pray together as a couple. So they're my heroes. Let me, I want to just give one resource to you that is massive, and we're going to try and pray it out a little bit. This is all the same book. Richard Foster is an amazing man who's prayed lots of, uh, he's prayed through, lo uh, he's written a number of really key books. One of them is called Celebration of Discipline, which is one of the three books that we base life-giving habits on. Um, but this one on prayer is amazing. And it's called Finding the Heart's True Home. And that's what I'm wanting to suggest to you. This whole journey is about. 
It's about your connection with your creator. We did it a little bit when we took the bread and the wine. That actually what we were doing was doing something that should help your connection with your creator. But in this book, I'm just going to give you a really quick overview of it and encourage us to pray for a few minutes into the three big areas that he suggests. He, in his introduction, this is what he says. He said, I could never be a master of this, but um, I finally felt like the Lord prompted me to read a book, to write a book on it. But I'm not an expert because everybody has a unique relational connection with God. Who can ever master something in which the main object is to be mastered? That's what the connection with God means. You can't master that connection when the role is for you to become mastered. So there are three different kinds of ways of praying that he suggests. One is inward prayers, and it's about the transformation in you and in me, seeking the transformation that we need. And he suggests that there are seven different ways of praying to do that. He says there are simple prayers. You know that we say, help, that's a good prayer. Yeah, it is. And sometimes it's the one we need to do. The next he talks about is forsaken prayers. That point where, Lord, I am poor and needy. At the end of Psalm 40 says, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my helper, my deliverer. Oh, God, do not delay. That's help as well. Help. I'm, I'm feeling lost. The route into prayer, the route into the connection with your father is to say, I'm lost and I need to know you. Examine is a, is a funny word and I want us to do it in just a moment. An example scripture would be Psalm 139 where it says, search me, O God. It's inviting the connection with your father to say, examine me, know my heart, test me and know if there's any way in me that's not right. And lead me in your ways everlasting. I thought this is what we needed to do before communion. Let's just do it now. Ask the Father. Search me, O God. Know my heart. I want to improve my connection with you. Is there any way in me that's not right? That you're highlighting to me? Lead me in your ways forever. Whatever you've been reminded of, hold it for a moment because we're going to finish by praying as well. And that little thing that often the Holy Spirit can be like a, just a gentle butterfly just dropping in, whatever that dropped thing is, just hold it for a moment and uh, we'll come back to it. These are the other kind of prayers. Keep going. These are upward prayers for the in seeking the intimacy we need. So you know when you're going to speak on something like this, you spend just, you spend you're thinking about it lots of the time. It's just kind of bubbling up inside of you. And I've known I'm going to be speaking on this for about for a couple of months. And it's you know it, it makes you think about these things and work on these things. You know the number one thing it's made me do, Chris L would tell you, is cry more. <laughs> This season has just made me cry more. Seeking the intimacy we need. 
actually we need it. Here are some upward prayers. He suggests when we connect with our Father because he's good, when we rest in his presence, resting prayers, when we do what we've done just before of remembering Jesus, connecting with him in that way, non-stop prayers, the overflow, the bubble of our heart prayers, meditative, focusing on one word or one thing very slowly, reflecting on things, those kind of prayers. The third kind of prayers are outward prayers, seeking the ministry we need. What does that mean? I'm going to show you. Can you show this video? This came up this week. I think it's just amazing. Do you understand why these people have done that? Yes, because they are very, very mean. The mean are not very nice, the mean. Yeah, I cried at that one as well. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? What's prayer for? It's the flowers and the candles. Every prayer that you pray of the ministry that you are are the flowers and the candles that come against evil. Every prayer that you pray that makes a difference is actually a flower and a candle that is there to protect us. And it's the look on that little boy's face at that moment where he, he just looks at the flowers and the candles and then just smiles and you see peace fall on him. We don't battle with the things of this world. We battle with the things of God. And prayers are for the ministry that we need. And the prayers of a right person in right connection with God are powerful and are effective. Scripture tells us, and I think we've forgotten it. Here are the seven kind of prayers that you could pray seeking the ministry that you need. Ordinary prayers, normal prayers, asking prayers, standing in the gap for somebody else prayers, healing prayers, aligning yourself to suffering, authoritative prayers. I wasn't sure if I should say this, but I think I'm going to. Um, I once felt like the Lord really told me that I needed to pray for my father, who wasn't a Christian, was a high up Freemason. And uh, it was really late at night, and uh, I just felt I was supposed to pray that God would remove his grace and that uh, he would be uh, arrested for drunk driving because he drunk drove all the time. And uh, he was arrested that night. Some prayers that you don't expect to get answered, <laughs> get answered. And radical prayers... He describes them as radical prayers. Radical means, comes from the Latin word radix, which is root. To come to the root, the reality, the basis of everything. And the radical root of who you and I are called to be is that you are supposed to bring the dynamic rule and reign of God. Mark 1.15 tells us that the kingdom of God is at hand and you and I are supposed to bring it in. So radical prayers, to clasp hands in prayer, is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. And Richard Foster, at the end of this book, said, radical prayer refuses to let us stay on the fringe of life's great issues. It dares to believe that things can be different. Its aim is the total transformation of persons, institutions, and societies. 
It is the prophetic call on you and me to bring the dynamic rule and reign of God in this world. And we do it through prayer and through our connection with the Father. So we're going to finish by praying. (laughs) And uh, I'm not sure what kind of prayer you want to do. And we're going to play one particular song that is a song of intimacy. And I'd like you just to ask the Lord for you personally. Lord, what kind of prayer, if we're going to commit as a season, as a church, to, to a season of prayer where our world needs it, Lord, what kind of a prayer do you want me to pray? Do I need to be doing transformation about me? Do I need to start with me, examine me? Do I need to pray about intimacy? Do I need to to focus on that? Or do I need to focus on seeing your kingdom come, seeing your rule and reign come in our world? Just ask, you know, Maybe you know just what kind of prayer. Ask him what kind of prayer. He may want you to pray a different kind of prayer than the one that you think you're supposed to. And then I want you to do something a bit brave. I'd now like you to ask him where in this room we're going to play a song for just one song. And for some of you, I think you're supposed to stand and start to pray into the things that really matter. For some of you, I think you need to lie on the floor and know that you actually need to rest and soak in God's presence. For some of you, I don't know, ask the Lord, where in the room should I pray? and How should I pray physically? And then whatever kind of prayer that you think you're supposed to do, start to move there now.